Welcome back to the Black Roses podcast, and today I have a special guest, 7am. How are you? Hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Excited to be talking with you today. I'm excited to be here, man. I've been looking forward to this all week, I'm not gonna lie. That's great, that's great. Um, We can just jump straight into it. So you very recently dropped a new song. Yes. Uh. You dropped Bleeding Out on Your Carpet three days ago, which I'd say is a very, very good song. And Thank you. I also noticed that it looks like you were kind of going for a almost a fresh start. Yeah, yeah. I kind of decided that um, recently since I upgraded everything, I decided to just kind of leave everything that I recorded on the old setup kind of behind. Uh, just like a clean slate because you know now I'm writing everything with like my new mic I'm actually working more with FL and mixing on my own and everything so I kind of wanted it to be you know this new era of 7am rather than dragging along the old stuff with me what mic did you upgrade to I got a blue yeti I (laughs) funny enough so all my old stuff I used to actually record on an xbox headset into an iphone app and uh shout out kanashi for being like an absolute god with mixing and just like the best with eqing to make the xbox headset sound as good as he did but yeah now i got a blue yeti and it uh, sounds a lot crisper than the uh the xbox headset yeah it's almost um a feeling of relief once oh, you are able to upgrade and it eventually almost pays off in a very very good way because almost it's a part of music that i don't want to say it's like a bad part it's important to learn and grow from almost the bad parts but the fact that you were able to put down the time to realize that you needed the upgrade shows that you actually care oh yeah i i've had a lot of people tell me like i should upgrade i should upgrade but Personally, I wanted to wait until the time was right. I wanted to learn a lot more about myself musically. And after the I Guess I've Got Some Issues project, I felt like it was the perfect time. Obviously, your name is not 7am. That is a stage name. Do you have any meaning or reasoning behind that name? Uh, It's kind of cliche. This name's been around for quite a long time. I think I actually came up with the name back in like 2016 when I was first writing ambient house music (laughs) rather than this music. Um, I I just needed a name because I wanted to post stuff on my like my really, really old SoundCloud and a band camp and I couldn't think of anything. And it was it was just seven in the morning. So I was like, you know, 7 a.m. kind of sounds sick. So I just kind of stylize it as like a gamer tag kind of thing with like removing the ease. And then I just carried it with me for years. That's very interesting because there's a lot of people that kind of almost build the name off of somebody else, whether it is just their type of music or their style or their name. They usually almost have... I I don't want to say all of them do, but a lot of them kind of just have a dumb name across, and I feel that's definitely not the case for you because it's almost so simple that it's actually smart and interesting, which you can't say if, for instance, if someone's just 
making emo music or something like that, and they go by like something like sad tears or something like that, which is just too <laughs> generic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds like they're trying a little bit too hard. Exactly. So that's very, very interesting. Um, when it comes to your style of music, what would you say your music is mostly built off of the style of genre? I would definitely say post-hardcore. Um, post-hardcore has been probably one of the biggest influences in my life musically, along with uh, the hardcore scene and a lot of heavier pop punk. Uh, so when I first started writing music for this project, I kind of stylized more towards the pop punk genre. And then I started realizing how I could uh, mesh post-hardcore and everything into this style of like heavier trap, heavier emo rap kind of stuff. And then recently on the I Guess I've Got Some Issues project, I started messing around with layering screams over a lot of it because I wanted to push the hardcore, post-hardcore influence even more. And I really liked what I did with it, and I wanted to continue pushing it. I know a lot of people were kind of worried, because I, I released that track on Loveless with Old Arcs, and it didn't have any screams in it, and all my music was gone. So I had a couple of people ask, like, what's going on? Like, are you going to completely change your style now? And I, I mean, I hope Bleeding Out on Your Carpet kind of answers it with, uh, you know, the heaviness and the screams underneath and the you know the influence from those genres and i'm going to continue doing those genres and continue meshing uh post-hardcore and hardcore into this trap scene yeah and um i really appreciate how you took the fact to almost make the decision to realize that something needed to change you needed an upgrade and you needed to almost leave a different part of you behind because mm -hmm. Believe it or not, every artist goes through slumps and all that, and you're just going to change and adapt over time. So your old music is not going to sound like your current music. So yeah. whether it's taking a break or changing your name, people don't give enough credit to those who make that decision because it's a really hard decision, and it's not an easy decision either. So for you to be able to take the time and almost delete or private a bunch of your old music is actually pretty impressive because that shows that you're strong enough to almost leave that step behind. I'm not going to lie. I wrestled with it a bit, especially that A Day to Remember cover. I, I, I thought about just leaving it up as like the only song behind, but I figured if I was going to do it, I was going to do it 100% instead of just... You know, only partially doing it. Oh, besides school or just what you currently do, if you weren't making music, what do you think you'd be doing? Uh, probably still streaming. I used to stream a lot of competitive games, and that used to be a big thing in my life because you know, way back when I was a teenager, I used to be really into you know being in bands and playing live shows, and then the music scene around here just kind of died. So my productivity with music kind of died as well. And I turned to video games and uh, I actually got like really good at a, a lot of them. And I started streaming and I, I was gaining a following. And then I did that for a couple of years. And then I kind of, I found this music and uh, just all the ways to you know, do stuff on your own rather than with a band. So I started picking this up again. 
But I think if I never found this, I'd probably still be doing that and chasing that dream because I really wanted to become like a bigger streamer and be able to sustain myself off of streaming and doing that. Um, do you still stream every now and then? Unfortunately, no. I still play games, but I just don't stream them anymore because I'm just... I, I don't dedicate as much time as I used to to them anymore to get to the point of, you know, top 500 or whatever like I used to. Yeah, definitely. And that's also just a part of growing up where you can't really, you don't have as much time as you used to either because oh, yeah. you have responsibilities. And whether you're in college, whether you're living on your own, you need to take the time to actually make money, either have a job or almost pursue a career in a place where you feel more comfortable to be able to live off of. So even though leaving that kind of stuff behind, it's almost just left as a really good memory, not as a regret in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time yeah. in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, due to the fact there's just consistent growth of the scene in general, there's a lot of new artists that are up and coming and undiscovered. So do you have any advice towards them? Definitely. I would say um, never stop learning. Uh, that's something that I've been trying to push on some of my friends as well. Uh, just find time to, to learn something every single day, even if it's just, you know, learning how to use a certain plugin or, you know, learning how to up your mix or something, just always strive to evolve and be better uh another advice that i would give is take critique with a grain of salt and I, this might upset a few people but at the end of the day you should be doing what you sound think sounds good it shouldn't be you shouldn't be boxing yourself in according to other people and i see i see a lot of newer artists try to you know, please other people just to gain a following. The only person at the end of the day that you need to be pleasing when it comes to your music is yourself. If you're not liking what you're doing, you shouldn't be doing it anymore. Agreed. And in terms of what you just said, basically there's some people that almost like, whether it's paying for a repost or DMing them almost in an annoying way, which I'm sure every artist and every like music fan has done in the past. It's all about almost starting from where you are feeling most comfortable and not trying to almost suck up to other people just to get noticed in a way. Mm -hmm. So that's very important also. When it comes to your music, how do you feel that it impacts others? Um, I don't know. I haven't gotten a lot of people you know, tell me how my music has impacted them. I've, I've had a few people come to me and be like, yeah, man, like I'm learning screaming now. Like this is sick. And I've, I've had a pe couple people tell me that like my music has gotten them through, you know, harder times just because they, you know, they have something to take their mind off of it. But I'm hoping in the long run that when my music reaches more people that, you know, it has that effect where people can listen to it and be like, all right, this guy's going through the same thing. You know, I'm like, they're listening to my words and they're like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Somebody else is going through something shitty too, you know? Definitely. In terms of your collective, which is a, a 
pretty recently uh, launched collective uh, yeah. Loveless. In terms of that, I know it's kind of early into that journey. How is it going so far? It's it's going great. Um, me and Kanashi have tried to start collectives before, and we've bounced through a lot of them. And we really, really wanted to make something stick. Uh, we brought Broke Keeps along with us as well, who used to be in the first collective that we were in. But I personally wanted to wait until I was at where I am now, where I could you know, mix my own stuff and everything and have something more to offer on the table. And um, I, I hit up Oki and I hit up Exoskeletal and you know they were down for it. They loved the idea. Like I've always, uh, I've talked a lot to Oki. Uh, Hayes Nova hit me up and he wanted to join and I was all for it. Jolst used to be in a collective with me and Hayes Nova and he was for it too. And it, it just kind of like, it all fell together immediately. Like I remember the day that I pitched the idea to everybody and everybody was like immediately on board. And I was like, damn, <laughs> okay, this is sick. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like running a collective, it's not easy, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Oh, people think you can kind of just you can just get a good bunch of people thrown into something, and then you can just start making songs. But there's a lot of factors that have to come to play, like the producer that you are getting your beats from. Uh, you have to worry about people leaving the collective. You have to worry about making enemies, you have to worry about just almost getting your name out there so people actually know you exist, too. It's not just you throw a bunch of guys in there and make music and release it, and then you just get popular by random. It's it's, takes a process and planning, too. So I respect that you are almost able to understand that, but yet still almost ease your way through it to a place where you feel comfortable. So... Out of your music career so far, what accomplishment are you the most proud of? I think that would be the addition of uh, you know screams and fry vocals into my music. That was something that was like really really wary of doing because I didn't know you know how well it would go over, if it would completely tank what fan base I had or if people would accept it. And uh, I just decided to go with it anyway because, you know, it was something I wanted to do and it was something that, you know, made me happy musically. And it's, I mean, I've been pushing myself because I, I haven't done screams for years. Like the, the last time I think I did any sort of like screaming or anything was when I was in a band when I was like 18. So, you know, eight years later and I'm picking up screams again. And uh, mm-hmm. that was probably been the biggest accomplishment in the last couple of years honestly because you know it was something i dropped because i thought i wasn't good enough at it and then i just picked it up again and was like you know what screw it i'm gonna do it because it makes me happy for sure and that's something that is super important that a lot of artists aren't able to come to terms with when it comes to almost changing their style or adding a new part to music is a lot of them are focused on how their fans would think which everyone keeps in mind. But the main decision will have to come down and should come down to how you want to do it. it. It's fully pretty much up to your opinion and your opinion only. It's good to take criticism, like you said, with a, um, a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, you're making a style of music that 
you enjoy and that you want to make and somebody else's opinion really should not come into play. And as you just described, that's basically what you went for. And that mindset will make it a lot easier in the upcoming future for you, for sure. Yeah, um, in terms of organization, what is your recording or writing style kind of like? Um, I used to, I used to just have like a notebook with a whole bunch of lines that I would randomly write, but lately I've been kind of straying away from that. Lately I've just been finding beats that I like and then putting them in a folder. And when uh, I feel like the time is right to actually write something, I'll pop it into FL. I'll do a little bit of freestyling. And if nothing really sticks, then I'll try writing ideas out and seeing what happens. From there, I just I usually just do like a main line and then I try to do harmonies and ad libs and kind of really blow it up. And if I'm still not liking it, I just kind of scrap the whole thing and pick what lyrics I like from what I wrote and save them into a notepad for whenever I end up actually going back to that style of writing again. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing with a lot of artists too is you'll make a song that either you don't think is fully ready to be released or it needs a few fix it a few fixes or regardless and then it ends up almost sitting in a folder forever and then you forget about it and that's mm -hmm. kind of just the reality of making music you're not going to release everything you make you're going to scrap probably more of the music you make than oh man you actually release if I'm honest, I've probably scrapped about like five, six times as many songs that I've like actually released. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And that's almost another thing when it comes to making music where you kind of almost have to be patient because not everything you make is releasable or going to just fit into place. And you kind of just need to come to terms with that and realize that not everything you make is going to be released or do yep. as well as you expected. And that runs into the next topic of numbers. When it comes to your numbers, do you feel like you pay close attention to them or are you kind of let them do what they do? I I usually pay attention to them like the first three days that I drop the song to see like you know, if, if I release mm -hmm. the song too soon from when I released the last song. But after that, I usually just let it let it do its thing. I don't, I'm not really too into focusing on numbers because I know if you focus on them, like that's all you think about. You're just thinking about the numbers every mm -hmm. single day. And I, I try to stray away from that. In the beginning, I, I did really hard focus mm -hmm. on numbers, but I've kind of learned to back away from that a bit and just, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. You can't force people to listen to your music, right? No, and especially if you're trying to like get a bigger artist to repost you or whatever and you're just kind of cramming it down their throat you're not learning you're not adapting you're kind of just trying to ride the wave instead of working to get where you need to be and where you can be more comfortable mm -hmm. exactly so um including your older stuff which song do you think would be your favorite that you've released Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, honestly, probably Daisy. Uh, I'm actually thinking about redoing that song completely. I know I pulled it down. I know a lot of people really liked that song. That is mm -hmm. a. I really liked it. That's a song I wrote way, way back in 2015, actually. <laughs> and uh, wow. it's 
I mean, it's a very special song to me and uh, yeah, I'm definitely thinking about putting it back together. I might, you know, hit up Jolst or Neverfall or somebody to see if we can put it into my current style. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think no matter what song I ever write, I think Daisy will probably be top of the list. Definitely. I'd say that's probably a top three favorite song of mine from you. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to production, do you mix your own vocals? Yes, now currently I do. Um, Kanashi, bless his soul, taught me a lot about mixing. Originally, he was mixing all my older stuff, and he actually took the time to teach me how to EQ and how to you know, properly do reverb and delay mm-hmm. and everything and, and comping. And then from there, I took the information that he gave me. I started watching a lot of stuff on YouTube, a lot of, a lot of watching um, In The Mix, great dude for knowledge if anybody wants to go mm-hmm. check that out i watched mm-hmm. like probably half of his videos on everything and you know, i kind of put that knowledge into what i'm doing now so definitely um it can just take those small steps of just becoming more familiar with the software or a topic in general that you're trying to almost master or get to close as possible to mastering because at the end of the day, like you said, all an artist is trying to do is kind of get more heard and learn more about music in general, whether that is learning a new type of music, whether it's mixing your vocals, production in general, or just flipping your style in, gen- in general, like in total. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely the more healthy thing to do. Because if you're just making the same thing over and over, then it gets kind of boring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, what would you say your ultimate goal in music would be? Ultimate goal, honestly, would just be able to like get to the point where I can work part-time and then have music support the rest because I would love to just be able to do music full time, but I feel like that's just kind of a pipe dream in this day and age. So mm-hmm. I would definitely settle for just being able to work part time and then being able to put everything else into, you know, working on music because you know, I've been off of work for a while. I'm sitting on EI right now and it's kind of shown a light on how much I love being able to sit at my computer and just you know, work on music all day, whether it's working on a new song or whether it's studying new music that's been released or, you know, whether it's studying reference tracks or anything. I just, I love being able to put so much time into that and I'd love to be able to sustain off of it. For sure. And in regards to upcoming music, do you have any albums or EPs that are in the works that you're able to talk a little about? Yes, I actually uh, I have an album that I'm currently in the middle of working on. Uh, Bleeding Out on Your Carpet is actually the first single from that album. Uh, the album is going to be called If I'm Honest. It's 11 tracks. It's got three features on it. Uh, I haven't released album artwork or anything. I have it ready. I'm just I'm waiting for the, the moment to release it. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was done by my friend James. He's a really, really good artist. I usually always go to him for my album art, so I'm really excited to release that. Um, mm. I'm looking to drop it near the end of this year. If not, maybe early tr- 2021. I'm probably going to go about it the same way I did with my last release and just kind of 
drop song after song after song until the album's like fully out and on all platforms. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, if you want to check out 7am, his link will be down below and he's got a lot of cool new projects up in the works. So I highly recommend checking him out.